Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the Indoraptor, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Mine went off like a fucking cannon. Yeah, that exploded a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it shot over my shoulder. It's somewhere in the other side of the room. Mine didn't make a noise. And that's right. We have, for the very first time, a special guest. That third voice you heard is Gianna Bielsi, Alessandro's sister, and more importantly, my cousin. Say hello, Gianna. (laughs) Hi. Gianna is joining us for the first time. This is our first guest, episode 50. A lot of stuff coming together this week. Oh, that's kind of perfect on the 50th episode. I didn't even... Yeah. This was for the moment. I thought this You planned it. (laughs) Just take the credit. It's fine. Well, no, because we had planned... What was the one that you volunteered that you wanted to join us for? Was it for Cloud Atlas? Or is it for something else? There was something a couple weeks ago you said you wanted to join us for whenever we do it. I said I wanted you to do The Greatest Showman, but you said you didn't want to. That was the one. That's the I'll do that one. Right, okay. <laughs> Me and Jan will do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll be sick. Um, I, I guess it's not forever and always. Uh. <laughs> right, right. You'll be here in spirit, I guess. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about The Predator, Guardians 3, Spider-Man, Avengers Shoots and Reshoots, Movie Pass. And we're going to continue our rolling therapy session around episode eight. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking from Ithaca Beer Company, the Raspberry Soiree, a Berliner style Weiss Ale brewed with raspberry. Um, I have something to read from somewhere here if I can find it. We have a little cramped quarters because (laughs) me and... Gianna are, are sharing one headphones. Take your time it's, reading it because the top half of my beer looks like soap. I will take my time reading it because in this low light in here, this very small print is going to be tough for me to read. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to read the bottle and I gave up because the text is tiny and black on a dark background. Uh, it's it's worse on the box. All right. Excellent. We I have like I'll pronounce the, thing wrong. the spirit of the Finger Lakes <laughs> in the heart of the Finger Lakes. From the soothing Finger waterfall lakes. board. Yeah. <laughs> Finger Lakes. Finger Lakes. Finger Lakes. Something, something. From, from, from the soothing waterfall gorges to the hardworking farms overlooking Cayuga Lake, Ithaca's natural beauty inspires the mind and soul. Nestled in the heart of New York's beautiful Finger Lakes region, Ithaca Beer Company is an earnest reflection of this environment. At Ithaca Beer, we are dedicated to brewing world-class beer, satisfying our customers, fulfilling our employees, and preserving our natural surroundings. The passionate people of Ithaca Beer are driven to preserve the culture, art, and quality of everything we make. From the complex and innovative beer we brew to the delicious food we serve in our farm-to-table taproom brew pub, our unwavering attention to quality and our spirited compassion for our craft is evident in everything we do. Ithaca Beer will make life just a little more enjoyable. Nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah. I like that right up. I've got a question for you, Al. Maybe you could explain this to me. Um, the head of the beer is bouncy. Is that a thing? Is that is there something that contributes to that? Bouncy in what way? Like if I tap it, it's, it springs back at me. <laughs> uh, no, it's just got a, a very healthy head to it. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know about yours. Mine has like this weird sediment on top of the foam. Um, I'm just imagining that's... Oh, yeah. Mine has chunks of it floating throughout. I mean, okay. that's just... That's what happens anytime you put like fruit type adjuncts in it. Um, And it's and also, I mean, I I think this one is unfiltered. Uh, Yeah, it's super hazy. So, 
Um, the, you know, it's yeast and fruit sediment, basically. Okay. Shall we give this one a taste? Sure. Cheers. Ooh. I like that. I would say pleasant and refreshing, which is perfect for this weather today. Yeah, agreed. I didn't know what to expect there. I was afraid it was going to be like one of those overly weedy beers, but no. I mean, it's a Berliner Weiss, so you don't get a crazy amount of sour, just a hint of it. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the crazy overpowering if you're not a big fan of it wheat character, but you get a bit of it. The sour part is nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I mean, it actually. It would almost be attributable to the raspberry itself because raspberry is yeah. pretty tart fruit. Yep. Um, and you get enough raspberry to know it's there, but it's not overwhelming either, although that's not an overwhelming flavor to begin with. Right. But it, if you were like, flavoring something with raspberry, it could be. So, I guess so. But I've done thing. it. I've, I did it in my own beer. And it also I, I actually went on the strong side with the amount that I put in it. And mm. it still came out not very strong. And I put it against a very neutral base beer like it wasn't not something that was going to get eaten up in that right right i think most of the times when i see like raspberry on something i'm assuming there it's raspberry flavoring so like i immediately think like overly sweet like a syrupy grossness because people tend to use that for things um but this is nice Gianna, well, what that was say the one i made i used syrup because i was too much of a novice to do it with fresh fruit but it, it came out well, and again, I guess probably because I didn't overpower it, but what did you think? Did you get the raspberry that you didn't believe was going to be there? I How, get how's I'm your raspberry honest. juice? <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> that was good. good. I'm glad you like it. Awesome. I tried to pick a beer that I thought you would actually enjoy, so. No, we, like we haven't had a fail in a long time. No. Right. Okay. Interesting. No, as what? soon as I tasted it, I was kind of annoyed because like, I was like, ugh. Oh. I can taste the raspberry. <laughs> I didn't want to. And what have I led you astray? We've had this conversation. Every time I taste your beer. Well, oh, no, that's not damn. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shots fired. No, when I tell you it's something that you're going to enjoy, I don't need I mean, yeah, beer. that's true. <laughs> All right. Our first topic for the show is The Predator. Al was gracious enough to share with me that the trailer had dropped today while I was working, which was a nice little break. Um... The longer trailer, as opposed to the teaser that was out previously, and yes. it was the it was a nice red band trailer, so you got a little bit more than you would normally get. Uh, two immediate reactions. Uh, the first one was, "I'm interested. I'm very excited to see this now." I like. Yeah, we've had, we've had growing interest in it yep. as the announcement came. We went from kind of a math feeling to first trailer, okay, that's something to work with. To now, this one, I'm yep. I'm I'm probably fully on board. Plus. Last week or two weeks ago, I heard uh, an interview with with Keegan Michael Key. Did I mention that on the show already? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, a week or two ago, uh, I heard an interview with him, and not only is he in this new movie, but apparently, going back to the first one coming out, he's a huge fan of the movies themselves. Excellent. So he just like was like raving about the movies and everything like that, and I guess you know was a big reason why he wanted to sign on and do this. The the dual facts of that and. His, I guess his favorite character in the first one was Shane Black, and Shane Black is directing this one. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Um, it's got its roots in the original, so that's really cool. Uh, 
So the, the, the two things were on opposite sides of, of the spectrum. One, very excited. The movie seems really, really good to me. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I liked the cast of characters that I was seeing in the trailer. Uh, and then like three quarters of the way through, we got to see this it's like super predator. And I'm like, just put that in the back pocket and don't give that to me until I see the movie. I don't want to know that that's coming. I know that gets down to that thing that we keep talking about, about trailers that spoil what they shouldn't spoil. But I think in this case, that promotional material for this movie is not going to be able to hide that that's what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. It's a twist that they're not really going to be able to hide. I don't know. I they could have that whole trailer. They could have stopped before that, and I would have been sold on the movie. <laughs> no, I, well, you might have, but I don't think everyone would have. Mm. I think this is uh, an interesting selling point, and not to get too spoilery with it yet, but uh, I I feel all the more firm in the sense of what I was saying about the Jurassic World final trailer that came out. Mm-hmm. Those were some things that they didn't need to spoil. Right, twists that they could have left alone. Mm-hmm. In this case, I think we'll probably end up seeing that, that that's not the case. I think that's what most of the movie is going to end up being about. So, Well, what they should have done was made it a mystery because in the first scene that they show that Super Predator deal, you don't know what it is. You can't tell. And if that's they did true. that and left that as the mystery, that would have been great. Um, they could have cut it at just it getting pulled through the wall. Right. And not shown what did the pulling. Well, even when it they show the whole thing for a split second, people will, will freeze frame it and figure out what it is. But... You can't really tell in that first, like when it's like pulling it across the car. So you just want people to work for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or like someone like me won't, doesn't need to know if they don't look further into it. I could find out when I see the movie. I suppose that's true. Gianna, when you guys watched the trailer a few minutes ago, I think the first thing I heard you say before I walked away was, you can go see this one alone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're not interested in the Predator. I mean, I want to be like at, at my home. Where the, I, I just, with the I lights know. on. With the lights on. <laughs> got it. Got it. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever saw the last president. That's fine. Person. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, no. I, don't, I mean, everyone should see the first one. The first one, sure. Not the last one. Yeah. Well, it's it's or, there. <laughs> I actually. How many predators are there? Well, there's predator. There's predator two. There's alien versus predator. There's alien versus predator requiem. And then there's predators. Right. And now what's this? The oh, Predator. <laughs> <laughs> so what that eye really... roll was appropriate. <laughs> so what this one does is it says Alien vs. Predator movies, The Predators, you guys go sit at the kitty table, you don't matter anymore. <laughs> this one ignores those exist and is a direct sequel to the second one. Okay, that's, that's a good idea. It's also got SKB, which I'm excited about. Um, who? Girl in K. Brown. Oh, <laughs> no! Because my first mind, the first place I went to was like he three not in memes. This? Who? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, unless he's in uh, a <gasps> cameo. Oh, I hope he has a cameo. <laughs> so the reason I was looking it up was because uh, part and parcel to the whole thing with the um, the the new Predator having Shane Black as a director is I heard something about uh, Brent. Oh, not Brent. John McTiernan, who was the director of the original Predator who had an incredible run in the late 80s. In 1987, he directed Predator. Mm. In 1988, he directed Die Hard. Nice. In 1990, he directed The Hunt for Red October. Good Lord. 
those are three. It's all downhill from there. Blockbusters. <laughs> Uh, well, let's not be so sure, okay, because okay. in 1993, he directed The Last Action Hero. My man! <laughs> coming up a lot lately. <laughs> um, and in 1995, he directed Die Hard with a Vengeance, which oh, I'm also a fan of. Brilliant. Now, I believe Some might say sometime, the best he's got a bit of a hiatus there, I think. Um, if he went out on top, that's fine. Well, no, I'm pretty sure he might have gone to prison. Oh, that's but the for, opposite. But for what? <laughs> I'm not... My favorite part of the whole thing was there was talking about how he like went to prison sometime after directing that three movie stretch, Predator, Die Hard, and The Hunt for Red October. And I was listening to the Dan Levitard show where they were talking about it because they're huge fans of The Predator. And they're like, wow, those are three great movies in a row. Like, and then he went to prison. And someone said, what did they go to prison? What did he go to prison Some for? Some for light treason. <laughs> from the background, someone yelled, <laughs> for being awesome. <laughs> That's great. Which, I, that. I mean, when you direct those movies, is he wrong? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm good on trailers for this. I'm done. I'm just gonna wait for that to come out. I'm excited. I mean, I'm gonna be upset if they do another another one. It's more of a when I feel like with with these summer movies, but well, hopefully we can avoid it. Well, the thing is, I'm surprised we already got two, two? full trailers now because it's not out until September. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess it's why. probably a good thing though, because this is like the anti-solo, where it's like they're putting the sol- the the trailers out way too early. Whereas that was when I read that report um, for our solo episode, uh, or the one after it, I forget. Um, they talked about they think the biggest factor was poor marketing strategy. And they mm-hmm. said that they waited too long, and that the first trailer had almost nothing to do with Alden Ehrenreich to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe this will be a, a plus. Yeah, I, we'll see what happens. So far, so good. I am excited to see where this goes. Moving on. Next story. Um, Guardians Volume 3. Uh, James Gunn tweeted a picture of the ti- like of Guardians Volume 3. It was like the script. And yeah, it was it like something like, I love it or love or something like that. And I just I got really excited. And this is the movie that I'm currently most excited for. Um, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to wait two and a half years. That's, but I I think that's the thing that's gonna slowly build my, like, my anticipation's gonna slowly build for this particular movie over time, because just the more and more I think about it, the more I love the Guardians movies, and I cannot wait for this. Well, between now and then, you have Ant-Man and the Wasp in, like, a week and a half or something Mm -hmm. like that, and then you have Captain Marvel at the beginning of next year, you have... Avengers Infinity War next year. You have Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man Far From Home, didn't they just... Far From uh, Home, yeah. They just announced that? Yep. So, yeah, that's the next story we're going into. Um, <laughs> but Spoiler alert. Well, well done. Uh, no, uh, so... But, like, this, like those movies, sure, I'm excited for them. But I'm not anticipating them the way that I'm anticipating Guardians 3. I'm okay. feeling very similar to how I anticipate a numbered Star Wars movie. Not not right. at that level, but close to it. Approaching, and I'm uh, I'm pretty happy about it because he's really knocking it out of the park. I'm really happy with the product. Who, so James far. Gunn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, concur. Very excited to see where that goes. Um, and moving on to our third story, as Al brought up, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Did you see? Did you see how they showed the title for this one? Uh, I did not see the reveal, no. So if you guys know Tom Holland is known for spoiling things. Yes. Um, running his mouth. <laughs> and they they're now they're like playing into it. 
Wait, who's so, worse, him or Mark Ruffalo? I don't. It's like a running joke that they're both terrible. I don't know. I think Mark Ruffalo is the worst because he was the one that security had to attack yeah. during the Thor Ragnarok right. Right. Um, premiere because he was accidentally live streaming it from his pocket, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> it is. I love that. But uh, for this one, he was talking like it's like a, him taking a video of himself saying like he's like so excited. Uh, he finally got the script. He just got the script for the next Spider-Man movie. I uh, can't wait to read it. And he like he's like showing like the iPad that it's on, and that's where the title is. Like th- that nice. was like the it was it was you know they they're playing it up, which is great. Yeah, yeah, I love that. But what do you think this means? Where do you think this takes place? Do you think it's a they're doing this just so that you feel like it could be at any point during this time frame or? Well, it could be that at the end of Avengers four, that him coming back to life because of course he's coming back to life spoiler alert um <laughs> is uh it's gonna pick up what it's gonna pick up with Avengers. oh yeah you didn't see it um what a monster <laughs> i wasn't even thinking about that i was doing it for the audience <laughs> um i think it, it could pick up with wherever it is in time and space that he re-enters corporeal form mm-hmm <laughs> that's great <laughs> I don't know did that get picked up on the mic did you yeah, hear that just ever so slightly <laughs> that's wonderful um, oh it's, I mean like it means like when he's like got tangible form when he has a, a body and he's alive and everything just go see Avengers <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be more and more confused until she sees it now <laughs> yeah Gianna did you see Spider-Man Homecoming I did see that were you a fan of that I thought it was good. That was the one that I went with you, right? Where you had you barely made it through all the post credits. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was furious. <laughs> you think he stayed till the end? It was a long movie. Had a lot to drink. <laughs> Saw the credits rolling. Battle leave. He's like, no, no, we have to wait. And then the stupid Captain America thing comes on, <laughs> and I ran out. I ran out. <laughs> And Al, you knew that was what was coming, right? Well, no, I uh, with with these, I just look to see how many there are, uh, okay. so I don't leave before it's done. And I forget how many there was, but I was counting them down. I was like, I was like, wait, we can't leave the postcard. She's like, oh, okay. So they play one. She goes to get up. I was like, no, no, there's like two more or whatever. So and then it's going and it's going and it's truly an end credit one, like it's the very end. And it's that last one where he sits down yeah. and it's basically just an F to the... <laughs> yeah, and... It, it so the look on Gianna's face right now does not come through the mic, but it's there. <laughs> so she she got up, stormed out of the theater, went to the bathroom. I'm laughing. I wait till she comes out and I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. She, you knew. I was like, no, I didn't know. I knew there was another thing. I heard it was something to do with Captain America, but I didn't know what it was. It's like I was like, "Come on!" I was like, "It's it was kind of shitty, but it was clever." She's like, "Yeah, but also, <laughs> fuck you." <laughs> You're like, "I didn't know, but I wish I had so that I could have planned for this." <laughs> that would have been perfect because I would have recorded her reaction if I knew that was <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, that actually ties nicely into our next topic, which is uh, Avengers. Infinity War shoots and reshoots, and this is an interesting thing that came out of a an interview with um, Elizabeth Olsen about how quickly they're doing reshoots. So that they're filming and reshooting in like rapid fire. So that 
adds to probably why very little leaks about these movies. Aside from the the dummy scripts and not giving people things all at once and maybe not giving people the whole story, this is another thing that can add to that. And I really appreciate what goes into keeping those movies under wraps. And also the fact that they only give Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland whatever Their they're going to cheat that day. Right. <laughs> Disappearing scripts. Yeah. That's well, weird. they've been talking about all the ridiculous stuff they're going into for the Game of Thrones scripts. Yeah, the amount, the, the fact that they're putting all this work into keeping it secret, something's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think the best story about all that I heard was recently I saw something from Benicio Del Toro from um, shooting for uh, The Last Jedi. Hmm. And he was saying how someone from Lucasfilm showed up at his house the day that he was supposed to have the script. They give him, like, the iPad with the script that's, like, you know, encrypted and everything like that. And he says, oh, okay. And he says, I'll go read it right now. So he goes inside the house, and he's reading it, and he's mulling it over, and he's doing stuff. And he said, the problem was I forgot that the guy was waiting outside. Yeah. So <laughs> there was this guy sitting outside my house for, like, eight hours waiting for me to finish my sc- reading my script. Oh, my God. Which is doubly funny when you consider like how few lines he actually had in the movie. Right, right. The guy outside is like actors. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if he like was sitting out on the curb and like could clearly see in the window, and he like watches him like throw the iPad on the couch and then like, go take like a four hour nap. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, terrible. Our next topic is Movie Pass. Yay! <laughs> we haven't talked about Movie Pass in a while on the show. In, like uh, one whole week. No, I don't think we talked about it last week. Oh, sorry. You know, I was thinking about it because you and me were talking about it the other day when right. I was at your house. Which is the only reason this is coming up is because of that email that I received that MoviePass is going to start charging a surcharge for peak times and specific showings uh, for specific movies. So I imagine what that translates into is Friday, Saturday night, uh, premiere nights, premiere nights, big blockbuster movies, which is just another thing that makes it less convenient. Which um, I think is where we're already concerned by the numbers. I think we're now going to start to see a downward trend with this thing. Well, I mean, also, like, considering all the, like, the reports and the the trends are showing that they're basically taking mountains of cash and shoveling it into a coal engine, Mm -hmm. like, train. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's the way they're burning money on this idea that they have, so. Yeah. And now AMC is swooping in. And I feel that they're going to make it just enough so that they're still green, but they burn MoviePass out. And then they'll I don't, just I don't know. I mean, their, their subscription is twice the amount for half the content. True. But does this, if they eventually just stop taking MoviePass as part of this, that would, that would help. Yeah, uh, that's true. Although I haven't seen that officially announced, though I could have missed it, but it wasn't part of their press release about their standalone service. That being said, I'm an advocate for movie... What is it? Movie Club. Cinemark Movie Club. I love Cinemark. I love my Movie Club membership. I've gotten rid of my movie pass. Oh, you Uh, did? I did. I did. I know Uh, you were considering it, but the last I heard, you still had it. My biggest thing with movie pass is that I can't buy the tickets online and I have to go to the theater. Um, It's... Which is not really that big of a deal, though. It's only like 12 minutes. It is close, but you can't buy the tickets in advance, and that's the key for me. Mm. You have to buy them the day of, and which it's a it's a bigger priority for you because it's assigned seating. Correct, correct. And I would much rather 
not have to worry about it. Also get my tickets for $8 a piece, which is fine. So, and I also get 20% off concessions. So yeah, it's, it's pretty great. It's good. <laughs> Basically what it means is I'm going to see a lot of movies and I'm always going to buy popcorn. So well, well done. Well done, Cinemark. You win. You <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> Take my money. Uh, so that's that's where Movie Pass stands now. Gianna, did you see episode eight? She didn't. She didn't see it. Okay, that's that's fine. Yes, that's fine. Okay, oh my god, <laughs> we're, giving, we're giving you homework. I would like you to go watch that without reading anything and just let Not me know what you happen. think about it. <laughs> Not gonna happen. You saw episode seven. I saw the first one that Ray was in. Yeah, this yeah, is the second seven. one. And then there was the other one, and I didn't see that. Yeah, and but there was solo, and I didn't see that. Right. You should see episode eight. No. We'll, we'll, we'll get you to watch this. It'll happen. And Rogue One. And Solo. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with episode eight, um, Al and I have been uh, have been struggling with this one. We constantly talk all week long about like all these like nasty things that come out about it and how we're just shaking our heads because one, we really enjoyed it. And two, I'm okay with you disliking the movie, but I'm not okay with like the with you just restating and regurgitating things that other people have said with that don't actually have merit. Yes. Um, so that's annoying. But then I read this article that I added to the Flipboard magazine. Is that what... Sorry. No, there's, there's been like a civil war on the internet about it. Yeah. Um, but I read this article a little earlier this week that I added to the Flipboard magazine. And it's like, what um, Marvel, not Marvel. What Disney can learn from the DCEU. And I was like, well, hang on. I got to open this one. <laughs> I was like, that's clickbait. <laughs> what it's 100% can, clickbait. What they got they learn from? They did. They did. Success. And I was like, yeah, reading, it, reading it over, I just came up with this, this thing. I don't care if the, if the marketing is really good and the product is crap. And it's going to make a crap load of money because of the the way they spin the conversation. That doesn't make a good movie. That makes for good business. I don't it care. It makes every though. DC movie. Right. I was like, so, so stop that and do not influence my Disney team. <laughs> Let's get this article and burn it. <laughs> no, I think that they've stayed above the fray for the most part, though. I don't I think have. that they get – I don't think that they take a lot from the outside noise. Because I think what's happening is as these – lines are drawn in the sand i think they just don't care yeah. like if you're just being an asshole they don't care if you don't go and see the movie right which the best evidence i have for that is if you watch ryan johnson on twitter he's just dunking on these assholes non-stop he is pretty great about it <laughs> yeah my he's... favorite thing was my favorite thing was him retweeting the the, the campaign to to fund the remake of episode eight yeah and giving them his blessing <laughs> so wonderful a thing that's never gonna happen stop no. that just stop that it's not it's not yours i'm sorry it's theirs they own it yeah, the sooner they understand that the better off it will be oh my goodness um we'll be we'll we'll be following that closely i am interested in some of the things that are coming out like the main focus being on nine going forward which is fine i'm happy with, happy with that i kind of expected well, the, that the, anyway the focus is on that it's on the johnson trilogy and mm -hmm. the weiss benioff trilogy right which i understand that's what they have that's what they want to that's the way that you expand it these one-off stories 
I'm going to be here for, and there's going to be plenty of people who yep. are here for. But the we, I mean, since before Rogue One came out, we've all been wondering what the viability of that was. It's just that Rogue One knocked it out of the park, so everyone was like, "Oh, okay, they, they're they're gold. They can't be touched." And that was false confidence. Yeah. Um, that being said, again, really enjoyed Solo. Yeah. Moving on. You have no nuggets this week. Um, I don't have a nugget, but I do have a question for you. Hit me. How are you doing? Have you recovered from this weekend? <sighs> no spoilers here, but have you recovered from this weekend? Want, I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to know how you're feeling, what your state of mind is like. I'm off, Al. <laughs> still? I'm still off. You will all find out more about that this holiday season. <laughs> When our very special episode airs, good God! Yes, that I don't want you to say anything about it. Episode. I was telling you about it a little bit last night or two nights ago. We've we've got surprises. We've got surprises. They're coming later this year. It's terrible. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. More importantly, it was the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> Great weekend. On. Horrible movie. Horrible movie. Horrible cap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was feeling Gianna in about that. this a little bit uh, on on Sunday night. I I was uncomfortable hearing about it. But... I can't say any more about it. I was about to. I want to experience the same thing with like force other people to experience it as well and watch them instead of it. <laughs> um, well, the best part was the few times that I knew what was coming is that's what I was doing to you. And it looked like you got punched in the face. <laughs> sheer terror on my face for... Terror and disgust. An hour and a half. Now, that is enough hints for you guys to try and figure out what it is we're talking about. But you will find out later this year. Moving on to our flick of the week, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Immediate reactions. Go, Gianna. <laughs> good, good. I love it. Al. One word review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't know it was one word. I thought no, we were that's, that's brief. Fine. In brief. That's fine. Uh, I, too. Uh, I just, ha- just so you know, the rules here is until we lift the veil of spoilers, we will be going no spoilers. For ah, good, good call. Did not, we did not prep Gianna before that. Uh, yeah, I asked if there were rules. That, that, that's, that the that's, the one, that's the one rule. That's the one rule. The second rule. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, uh, it actually wasn't. Well, that's a, a two-part. Uh, it is thematically what I expected. <laughs> uh, yes. In execution, was it was what I expected. <laughs> I, I, it, I was surprised a little bit um, in how the, the movie itself was structured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and to a certain extent, I, I actually felt like it was almost like watching two separate movies. Yep. It's kind of how I experienced, or I guess how anyone would experience, um something like reading any of the Lord of the Rings novels mm-hmm. because they're each novel is technically two books. Right. That cover the same story, but from two completely separate things and they're each self-contained on their own, not jumping back and forth. And then this was kind of the same way. The first half of the movie was almost like its own movie. And the second half, its own movie all tied together by threads Mm-hmm that came before it and by thematic stuff. But yeah, like you said, thematically, I kind of knew where it was going. And from seeing the trailers, I definitely knew where it was going. Right. 
It's There's just that. exactly how we got there, but um, there was a fair amount of being able to figure out ahead of time what was going on, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, there was, there, there's a lot to enjoy here. It's, it's fun. There's, um, there's some pretty classic Jurassic Park stuff in there. There's obviously a lot more over the top stuff as well. Um, there was unfortunately a very upsetting lack of Dr. Malcolm, which <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot more of. I really thought that he was going to play a role in this, not just be the bookend of the movie. Yes. Um, it, the entire movie is playing the long game of setting up the next one, which is fine because they do it with enough entertainment. But really, it seems like they have a big idea for the third one and they needed to get there by bridging the gap. And I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm, In a lot of ways, it's a classic middle entry of, of a trilogy. Yep. And it's right. And it's fun. It's um, jam But with enough going on to care about it on its own. It is jam-packed with villains you really love to hate. Yeah. Which yeah. I liked. Um, question. Maybe you, one of you can answer this for me. Was this the biggest on-screen death toll in Jurassic Park history? Uh, in Jurassic Park history? Yeah, yeah probably. probably. <laughs> it, was, it, got, it got a little intense there. It was, it was intense in the beginning. It, the intensity grew. And then at the end, it was you a just goddamn came, Yeah, there death. just came a point where I was like, is anyone going to live at the end of this? <laughs> well, especially like when you look at, I mean, the way it feels like after watching the original Jurassic Park, it's like, oh man, those dinosaurs really got the best of them. But only like, what, four people died? In the first? E- clever girl. And then the other guy. <laughs> and then <laughs> guy in yes, the bathroom. The Hunter, and then... Samuel Jackson, Wayne Knight, and the lawyer. thought we said no spoilers. The first uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> I know. We're, we're free to spoil the first Jurassic Park. Well, he's uh, 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you've got it. Yeah. Unless unless you count the guy from the very opening scene. Right. And sure. yeah. Sure. And, and we get we you know, we get rid of that like within minutes in this movie, which is which is pretty great. Um actually, you know what? This this the first Jurassic World probably had a higher death count cuz there was a ton of people at the park who got killed off screen. True. But I did say on screen, so oh, did you? Okay. There is there is at least that going for us. Um, there's, uh, we'll get into more details a little bit later. But this also has. I'm not going to say what it is yet. Again, we haven't lifted the veil, but this also has probably the saddest death oh. scene in a Jurassic Park movie ever. Heart wrenching. It was absolutely awful. Gianna's yeah. confused right now, but when we tell you what it is later, you're going to remember, yeah, and I'm you're probably going to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how upsetting it is. Um, there's a lot of fun shots, uh, homages to the first one. We'll oh, get. I, I can't. What you're talking about now. Oh, that was really sad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll get into those again with the spoiler territory. Um, one thing that I would like to bring up because it's not a spoiler shown in the trailers. So it is a spoiler. Volcano. Is that how a volcano would erupt? That's how some volcanoes erupt. That's intense. That was really intense. I was terrified. Like, Dante's Peak was good, <laughs> but that was better. Oh. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I would just say if you like Jurassic Park, this is a movie for you. Go see it if you haven't already. I concur. Yeah. Gianna, is that three? Is that six thumbs up? (laughs) Yeah.
Come on, you enjoy Grey's Anatomy. Don't they say that they concur all the time? No, they do not. Oh. That's I, guess, <laughs> I guess hospital movies and TV shows have been lying to us my entire life. <laughs> like, Wait, but that is one. That I know. Craziness. Um, shall we lift the veil? Let's lift it. All right, the veil has been lifted. So, of course, the scene that I'm talking about, the worst scene, probably the saddest scene in any movie ever, is Wait, the... hang on a second. Yep. What scene do you think it is? <laughs> well, I know what you're talking about, but, like, honestly... I think like the the end scene with like all like with like when they're leaving uh, no not the end scene the part where like they're leaving the island and all like all the dinosaurs is, are like that is absolutely oh it is that is okay, absolutely good, the scene we're talking because when well, when she said guy. she when she that guy <laughs> <laughs> when she said she got it I was like I have a feeling she's talking about James Cromwell and not yeah. the I dinosaurs. that's what you guys were talking about because i was like you know you guys like actors and stuff but like the dinosaurs that really got me no that was i'm I'm with you that that was just that was brutal and it lasted way too long like they tried to family guy that scene in the worst possible (laughs) way where it's like you're sad you've grieved you've gone through the seven stages and then you're sad again (laughs) they overdid it i just looked at kim and she was like no (laughs) and just why why do they keep showing this (laughs) Poor little Bronto. Was, I know, and it wasn't even like one of the mean dinosaurs. It was one of the nice ones. It was just like it was, exactly. It was, it was very unnecessary. It was horrible. It was it was gut wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was the worst. Uh, the the scene prior to that that was sad was one that hits you after the fact, and it's something that Al and I brought up on the uh, on a previous episode, maybe last week or the week before, uh, in Jurassic World. When the girl that's watching them gets eaten, because it just happens, and you're not really, you don't really care, because you're not really thinking about it. Do you remember that the 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 girl who's supposed to be watching the two kids when the everything breaks loose and like two yeah. boys finally make it back, and she finds them, and then she gets oh, like, oh, she's eating like the water, right? Well, yeah. she gets picked up and thrown back and forth by like the little flying pterosaurs and then dumped in the water and then the thing picked her back up again and then the mosasaurus came up and ate the girl and the pterosaur as well yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry you know what that thing is called the mosasaurus oh good because i was going to refer to it as the whaleosaurus because i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> and i think you would have known what i meant <laughs> that's well, great considering it's the size of about eight blue whales right gigantic jigamundus Gigasaurus Rex. The Gigantonotosaurus. Gigantonotosaurus. Sorry, that's an inside joke that no one in the audience is going to get, and we don't care. That's fine. That's fine. You can ask I us. Think... We'll pull you in. Oh, that was before she, she was, came Yeah, downstairs. she wasn't even downstairs yet. I was trying to go through... I was trying to find an interesting dinosaur to call Al at the beginning of the show, because I give him a name at the beginning of every show. And I saw one that looked like it said Gigantosaurus. It's not what it said. And then I looked up how to pronounce it, and uh, Gigantonotosaurus was one of the... Was one of the mispronunciations. Was, yeah, one of the mispronunciations. Um, but okay, so running it back to a note that I said before the uh, before we lifted the veil about how it's the biggest on-screen death toll in Jurassic Park history, is this also the first Jurassic Park with a straight-up murder? Um, I don't remember all of the second one, but that would have been the one that, if there was one. Right. 
But yeah, no, we got a straight up gladiator style assassination. Yeah, that was a uh, that was intense. The second they showed the telephone sitting oh, on a yeah, pillow, it's on a pillow. You knew, yeah, <laughs> you knew not only what was happening, but exactly how. Yeah, it was all sorts of symbolic. It was the d- death pillow sitting there. You never saw Gladiator, did you? Gladiator. Spoiler alert, guys, for a Best Picture winning movie that came out 18 years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is this the This is Sparta? No, that's 300. A very different movie. <laughs> also very good. Um, in a different way. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is the son of Caesar, <laughs> yes, kind of. And Caesar's played by Dumbledore, the original Dumbledore. Uh-huh. And he murders him by smothering him when he's trying to hug him with fatherly love. Brutal. Brutal. This was uh, this was a little bit more intense than that. He just attacked him with a pillow. <laughs> Lethal pillow fight. Lethal pillow. Oh. Sad. Um, okay, so follow-up to straight-up murder. Uh, did this have the most satisfying deaths in Jurassic Park history? Because when that guy got his arm bit off and then his face eaten, I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> that was pretty good. And it, I mean, but it also it, it mirrored... Uh, another good one from the first Jurassic World when Vincent D'Onofrio gets it mm. because he thinks that Blue is going to listen to him for some reason. Yeah, that's funny. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Good job, Kingpin. You, na- <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, but that uh, that guy sucked, and I hated him the entire movie. And all I could think about for like the first two-thirds of the movie was, man, I can't wait for this guy to get it. <laughs> so the thing I was thinking of the whole movie was, man, I know who he is, but I can't figure out who. Oh, can you tell me? Because I haven't looked it up yet, but I do know him. He's one of the Andes from Hot Fuzz. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That is also, not what I was thinking. He was in one or two other things that you might know. But uh, the biggest thing was when I saw his name, I was like, why is his name so familiar? Ted Levine. And after doing some digging, I figured out what it was. He's the son of the actor from the Harry Potter series who plays Wormtail. Okay. In wait, hmm. I'm trying to. The son in, to son in real him. life. Oh, oh, okay. That, that that makes sense. Um, a Silence of the Lambs is what I remember him from. Who? Ted Levine. That's the guy that, that I'm thinking of. Oh no, we're talking about two completely. Oh, who different are you people. talking about? Wait, you thought that guy was one of the Andes from? <laughs> that's why I thought you were. That's why I thought it was funny. I thought maybe it was like a. Prosthetic. No, I was talking about Eli Mills, the guy who was. Oh, him. Yes. Douchepants. Douchepants. <laughs> it's a great way to describe him. Yeah. Yes. I guess so. Okay. That I, that I recognize. Ted Levine is the one I was trying to figure out what he was from the whole time, and it was Silence yes. of the Lambs that I was thinking of. He was James Gum. Yeah. He um, was also the thing I always think of him from because it was the first thing I ever saw him in. Was he was in the original Fast and the Furious? He was, what's his name? His boss. Really? Yes. Look at you. Look at you remembering Fast and the Furious. You know what else he's from? What's that? It's Evolution. Oh my god, I love Evolution. He's the the officer in charge. Step who wants back? I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Evolution. Man, you are missing out. That movie See, I knew that would get to you because I know that's like your favorite, like lesser known gem. 
Yeah, it might be. I've seen that movie more times than a, uh, than a single person should have. We oh, I've it. seen that movie easily 20 times. I, I'm, I'm telling you it's it's in the triple digits because we used to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we used to watch it at the pizzeria on Saturdays, and we had 12 hours to kill, and when we would put a movie in, that movie would be on all day. Oh. So. Yeah, I haven't seen it that many times. I've, <laughs> I've seen it many, many times, but not, not that many. Gianna, have you seen Evolution? I have, but it's been a while. Okay. The only scene I can remember is with the fly in the suit. Oh, it's in me! <laughs> ice the cream. fly! I would the like fly is in an my ice suit. cream. <laughs> what flavor? It doesn't matter. It's for my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We uh we should definitely do an impromptu evolution show at some point. That's One day great, when we're together. Yeah. It is it is excellent. Not a good bad movie, a great, a great bad, great movie. bad movie. Oh man. Oh, what a gem that movie is. I get, now I just want to talk about that. Um Okay, so we have a satisfying death. Him that Ted Levine getting chomped was great. Um the other guy, the one that you were talking about, the Andy getting killed. That happened so quickly that that's what made it satisfying. <laughs> yes. It was like, is this is this worm really going to get away with it? Like, get out of here? And then he just gets snatched up, like, in a split second. <laughs> like, you could miss that he was eaten. <laughs> he got snapped in half, didn't he? It was, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought he got, like, pulled up into the air. No, he definitely got that, too. But I think, did the T-Rex throw him in the air? And bite off half of him? <gasps> oh. Or am I misremembering that? I don't know. I just remember him like chomping and like whipping the head up and like the body going up in the air. So maybe he did rip him in half. That's why I, I feel like when he fell back to his waiting jaws, he snapped him clean in half, but I could be misremembering. When he was getting crushed under the car, I was like, <laughs> you can't even die a cool way. You're just yeah, going to get that crushed. That would be perfect, actually, if he got <laughs> the most weasel. pathetic, unfortunate death. Like, Oh, man. Terrible. Terrible. Um, the clone. What are your thoughts on the clone? I thought we had a pretty good conversation about that last night. Or was that this morning? It was both because I had texted you and then I was on Do Not Disturb and did not get your answer until the morning. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked the idea. It was a little ham-handed. Poor execution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they mention that the granddaughter is a clone of the granddaughter that died. You think... I thought that oh. was so... No, 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 no. It was <laughs> his daughter? Yeah. That died? Oh, is that yeah. is that what it was? It was also way too quick and not clear enough. And then they pulled on another scene where right after that was a homage to the first movie where it was the granddaughter of um, uh, what's his face? What's the the Hammond? Hammond, when she's scared and she's got her back to the wall, just going. <laughs> they like they did that scene. I was like, wait, who is she a clone of? <laughs> I was very well, confused. I have to. I have to. <laughs> I have I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch because the I when I started figuring out that she was a clone, it was a little after the whole first couple conversations involving her. Mm-hmm. I think it was a clone of his daughter, but I think for a lot of the movie, I was wondering whether it was actually a clone of his wife, which makes it even creepier. Uh, oh God, <laughs> that would have been weird. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I think you're right. I think it is a clone of his daughter. Sorry. And like, yeah, he's playing it off like she's his granddaughter. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah. Right? It doesn't make sense. And then it doesn't come into play at all. <laughs> just, well, except for that so, one yeah. very subtle scene. No. I just feel like it was unnecessary. Like They tried to like add a whole another like, plot, and it just didn't yeah, make any sense. It, right. Just kind it, of like, this is unnecessary. They didn't do anything with it. What Al, Al you're, you're alluding to the fact that she opens the door to let the clone dinosaurs out because she too is a clone. But what the, actually the only thing that mattered was that gave everybody enough time to go, wait, what? And then the guy got eaten by a dinosaur and ran the other guy off screen. That's the only reason that it mattered. <laughs> True. It could have, they could have said anything. She's a walrus. And then, <laughs> and then that would have happened because it didn't play at all. But yes, the, uh, the opening of the gates at the end which, if you missed it, is because she relates to them on that level. Because she, too, is a clone. Because she, too, is a clone. And if you missed it, she said good. It. <laughs> and if you missed it, she says the words. So now you didn't miss it anymore. <laughs> it's terrible. Which is, because I think that's what I said to you exactly. It's like, oh, you mean that entirely subtle way in which that uh, <laughs> she saved them all because she's a clone, which she definitely didn't explicitly say? On screen. I also just love how at the end of the movie, Mr. and Mrs. No Chemistry drive off into the sunset with a clone into this brave new world. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with that. I mean, like, they definitely needed to get her off the premises. Right. Um, but they're probably going to need to talk to the police and FBI. They, I'm fairly certain that the legal process surrounding adopting a child requires that person to be separated and them to be vetted to make sure that they're okay to adopt a person. Also for that person to actually be a child. Well, she mm. was. There's yeah, confusion. Does she have records or anything? Like... Around. There's going to be all sorts of, of legality. She's going to die in like a holding pattern because they're not going to be able to figure out the laws around this. <laughs> True. <laughs> also, um, they're all going to be eaten by the dinosaurs that were let free at the end of the movie. They only lost like eight dinosaurs. <laughs> but life uh, finds a way. So they're going to procreate somehow. They're going to make their own Indoraptor. And, uh, Indoraptor was cool. The thing was pretty cool. I mean, a little bit cheesy, but it was pretty terrifying. Actually... This was probably a cooler and scarier dinosaur than the one from the last one. I would agree with it that. It was the worst. He was the worst? It was actually the worst. <laughs> uh, she was the worst? Oh, I'm sorry. She. I said it. Because she was terrifying or you just didn't like the dinosaur? It's just... Like, so much could have gone wrong with that. Like, it can attack everyone. Like, it's going to be around when everyone else is no longer around. Oh, you think the planning of it? Well, no, we're beyond. The planning of this is terrible. Oh, <laughs> this, yeah. this is not no, a good idea at all. Though. It had some nice stripes on it. Like It did have some pretty badass stripes. Yeah. That was Well, cool. they took the blue stripe and made it gold. Which... Yeah, I know. So it just made it only that much better. Goldasaur. <laughs> also... <laughs> I mean, if, too, right if you look at the... Yeah, no, which is, yeah. which is pretty badass. They've been doing that since, I think, Jurassic Park 3. Something like that, yeah. Because, I mean, technically, dinosaurs, I guess, were feathered. Mm-hmm. Although, I think they're scarier looking more lizard-like, so I think it was the right choice. Yeah. Also, they can explain it away because they have frog DNA. Mm-hmm. 
But also, if they're making the dinosaur, it could look however the hell they wanted to look. Well, true. Um, considering they can make it, you know, I don't know, fly and sing the ABCs or whatever they want now because they can just do whatever they want. Yeah, that thing, that thing was pretty badass. I also liked that. Um, I liked that little, the little training thing they had, the laser, oh, the sound was... noise, make it attack people. I mean, that was a pretty clever little invention that they did have in this like Pavlovian response to laser and, yeah. although. If it can track the laser like that, I feel like it should have had heat vision. Yeah. Which could have made for some cool scenes. Yeah, that's true. Didn't like the, when it's uh, stalking them in the dark? Like, although I guess it might have been ripping off Predator a little bit. Didn't the one from the previous movie have heat vision? Yes, that's why I was confused yes. why this one didn't. But this one, yeah, because this one was kind of a... He shut the lights off and I was like, what is that going to do? And it actually helped him. And I was really huh. surprised about that. Yeah, good, good, good call. Yeah, because when we were watching it, I, I leaned over to her and said, I was like, I feel like turning the lights off is a yeah, point in its so favor. They did it so dramatically, like they shut the lights off, and I was like, what is that going to do? And yeah. it actually, it honestly, it really, it did a lot. I just so, like that they turned the lights off and Gianna in the theater goes, ha ha, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to die. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, there were a couple of really good, ter- like really terrifying scenes. That's like, something that I definitely want to get into that I put down here. Yeah. That this movie really leaned into the horror yeah. aspect. The little way. clicking thing that thing did with its toe. Well, okay, actually, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually have a problem with that. That was a reference to the first one yes, where the, the raptor taps its toe. And that would have been really, really great if it did it once. But I feel like they did it 12 times. It's like, hey, hey. Do you see us doing the tapping thing from the first movie? <laughs> hey, do you see it? Hey. Do you, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm tapping. Well, the only reason that I didn't have a problem with it was because in the first one when they did it, it seemed pretty clear that it was part of their suite of communications they had between each other as hunter, as right. a pack of hunters. There's no one else. And this one didn't have a pack, so it's clearly it fucking with its prey. Hmm. So I kind of liked that. Hey, actually. I'm here. I hey always <laughs> pictured it as a... I'm thinking, where are they? <laughs> version of like scratching. Which is actually perfect because considering the Velociraptor meme. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just. <laughs> that that is great though. If that if that's what the intention is, then that makes it even better. That it's like trying to screw with them. Well, think about the things that it was capable of doing. It played dead. Which I feel that, like that should I be. A, that. I feel like that should have been a learned behavior, not a behavior it already has. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. it was just that smart that it just was like, you know what? But like, I'm I feel like it should it. be like one of those things where like, because predators don't typically. Who is gonna teach that thing? No, no, no. Meaning, I'm not saying it's teaching you, but oh. like, if it witnessed it, like, if it was hunting something down and something played dead, and okay. then it learned, like, huh, I'm gonna stick that in my back pocket one day. You know what I mean? Because predators don't typically exhibit that sort of behavior. That's a prey mentality. Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, it was cool. Yeah. And also, how effing stupid is that guy? No matter how, he could have shot it with 18 fucking tranquilizers. Do not. Why would you ever get in that game? <laughs> right, right. When he opens the thing, I'm like, oh, good. This is how he's going to die. That- <laughs> On the other hand, it was also like, you idiot, you're going to die and you don't even understand how much you're going to fuck up the entire world right now. <laughs> That's a good point. 
Like, you don't have to see the horror that you wreak on the world. Right. Monster. But But it wasn't just that sort of stuff. I mean, well, that was cool. And then later, when, what's his name, Owen shoots him, he also does the, oh, no, you hurt me. (laughs) Like, please leave me alone. (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. The, uh, The whole auction scene, something really bothered me about that. Um, they kept shocking the dinosaurs. Yes. I was Why? Like, the whole time I was like, where is PETA? Well, that yeah. <laughs> the entire time. I was like, this is... This, well, they're not real. They're, they're dinosaurs. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there's got to be, like, some sort of, like, regulation on this. Well, no. I mean, you kind of have that set up from the beginning. Well, first of all, it's, a, it's an auction to black market... Um, like arms dealers and shit. It's yeah, Hydra. Even, Hydra's like, even buying them, they, they couldn't be like, ah, oh, that seems a little fucked up, you know? <laughs> these people kill people. And they're buying they these dinosaurs like, to kill more people. I don't know. There's like, we're like... Never mind. Hey, when, when you're in a room where a guy is ready to pay $20 million for the one that's broken, I think all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> also, does anyone else feel like some of those prices were a little cheap for how... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like the Indoraptor could have gone for a hundred million on its own. Right. And they only made like one hundred and thirty million. Not that they'll see any of that, but. Right. That, Some of that's... them are really cheap. Like they're dinosaurs. You can charge whatever you want. <laughs> Didn't one of them go for like five? If you're looking at the screen. Yes. I bet it was like that the big, first thing they, that big like turtle one looking first... one. Yeah. I like that one. That one was my favorite. I would have bought that one. I would have had them at parties. <laughs> <laughs> one that ran into stuff? Uh, no, but that one was great too. <laughs> he was just having a good time. He was just he was. running around like fucking shit up. He was just having a grand old time. When he ran headlong into the iron pole, I was like, oh no, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you clearly have a concussion after that. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I he also looked like, like, He looked like you did after we watched the mystery movie the other day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, that thing was cool though, breaking through brick walls. I knew, I, like, you know where it was going. You know who he was going to use him to break out of the cell. But when he hit the pole, I was like, "Is he going to die? I really <laughs> hope he doesn't die." <laughs> uh, thank you to Clone Girl. He did not die. Um, but this is where the death toll got a little nutty, it's because he was unleashed in the room of people that were uh, not prepared. What? What is? When you're buying something at an auction, what are you? The auctioneer is the one who does the selling. Right. Janine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those, all of them. The fact that they were getting tossed around, like, you just see them in the background flying up into the air. I was like, this is amazing. He's oh, yeah, killing all of them. There's several people who no longer have rib cages. Those, I don't know that all of them died, but a bunch of them had to have died. Well, if they didn't die at that moment, they probably died shortly after. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's people who, like, all of their organs are now applesauce. Right. You didn't already hate the guy who was like auctioning people off. The elevator scene just made you hate him so much uh-huh. more. Uh-huh. The way the woman. <laughs> that was, that was terrible. Worse. You know what's even better though is that the Indo Indoraptor unwittingly opened the elevator again. Yeah. <laughs> this hell was a great scene. He used himself. <laughs> what is this? Oh. Snack time. <laughs> yeah, it's like ding. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. 
John, I'm sure. If they <laughs> voiced over with that, that would have been amazing. <laughs> also, he was a hungry little guy because he was eating everything in sight. He was killing for sport. Well, no, the one, the... No, he was He was swallowing things whole. He was. That's what I'm saying. Was it the what, Indominus Rex? That one was killing for sport. It wasn't yeah. eating most of the stuff. This guy ate everything in sight. I only know that because Chris Pratt got out of the vehicle for no reason at all with a gun on his shoulder, touched a dinosaur, looked up in the air and went, he's killing for sport. <laughs> I was literally going to say, I was like, stop saying killing for sport of the Shia LaBeouf song stuck in my head. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, can we talk about a few things that I took issue with the movie? I suppose so. In the first movie, Claire was all business. Is that her name? Claire? Yeah. Claire Deering? Yeah. All business. Works all day, just making money, all about this park making money. All of a sudden, she's a dinosaur activist? Yeah. Well, uh, don't a lot of people who lose jobs become activists? I don't know. <laughs> Social commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss. Um, it just it, it didn't really make a ton of sense. That, um, that it, was, it was her like come to God moment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, hey, I've been a soulless capitalist and I shunned my family and I don't even know my nephew's names. Oh, ages. yeah. Where did they go? They don't matter. They weren't um, even like, talked about again. Something else happened towards that. the end of the movie. They never actually made it off the island. That whale thing was just chomping boats down as they were going. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about that whale being in the the wave? I know that was in one of the trailers, but at the very end, that being in the wave was pretty badass. That was dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing that makes that okay, the fact that it was in the trailer, was that it was at the very end of the movie, and you'd think that something like that would have been resolved based on the way the trailer was going. Yeah. Yes. It was not, and that was pretty cool. No, that wasn't to be continued. Yeah. Also, it was cool because at that point I had forgotten about that scene in the trailer and then got to be like re-surprised by it. I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Is that is that during the uh, Dr. Malcolm voiceover? I want to say yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of He him, just made me feel bad about myself. You know, he's, uh, he's, life will find a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. I love him. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I was watching an interview a little bit earlier today. And they were talking about the scene that has become famous from the first movie where he's laying in the back of the truck with his shirt open. Well, even more than that, it was, it's when he's laying on the table at the yeah. bunker. Yeah. And just he's just laying there. Like, with the shirt scroll, buttoned scroll down. Like yeah. Shirt open. And the question was, did they like, how did that scene come about? And like, was it written? Was it directed that way? And then I forget who it was. Was it with the writer or somebody who's like, he just did it. <laughs> he just he just opened the shirt. And he, he didn't even remember. He's like, I don't remember. Like, was that in the script? And he's like, did Steven have us do that? And he's like, no, no. You just opened your shirt <laughs> and just laid it all out there. I mean, you know, to be fair, they probably were shooting it in somewhere tropical. He probably was hot, man. Yeah. Like, just, uh, just sit on this table here, guys. <laughs> it also has given birth to one of the greatest gifts of all time, which is... Grant leaning on the dinosaur that's giving birth and it breathing, going up and down, taking that Grant and superimposing him on Jeff Goldblum's belly. 
and he's going up and down while Jeff Goldblum breathes, and it's amazing. We should probably put that in the post for this episode. <laughs> See, now I'm picturing Dr. Grant. What's his name in real life? Sam Neill. Picturing uh-huh. Sam Neill, like, while they're, like, between takes as he's, like, unbuttoning his shirt, like, Sam Neill standing behind him going, like, boom, Oh my god! So okay, so mention the mention the Claire thing. Uh, the next thing, I I don't know if it's just like how his character is supposed to be, but or if Chris Pratt is just not interested. But he's he seems disinterested in this movie. Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel that way. No, per se. I mean, I it shouldn't win him any awards, but. Although, I, I guess I didn't really notice it at the time, but I saw someone write something about it after I'd seen the movie. Um, he didn't really have that many lines. He didn't, but when he did have them and he was delivering them, he seemed bored to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe here and there. I, I didn't feel like that was the case. I mean, which, which would be fine. And I, like, I could see being like, oh, yeah, I'll do a Jurassic Park. And then it's like, you have to sign on for three. All right, I'll sign on for three. And then seeing where it's going and being like, all right. <laughs> I mean, he looked like he was having fun with that scene with the lava. That was great. That <laughs> was amazing. Like him crawling like that. Whatever that was. That was very Jim Carrey. Yes. Yeah. The way that he was like folding himself. In fact, in I half. think Jim Carrey did that exact thing, just not with lava. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, oh, what was that in? He like, he like face plants. It was in it was in the second Ace Ventura when he gets yeah, shut up with the darts. Yeah, yeah, no, but he does he does that in some. It might have been like just a like a skit from one of the sketch shows or something. But he does that where he like slams into the floor and he like he like just goes forward really quickly and like creeps out the people that are standing there. <laughs> but that is that was pretty great. And also, there's one one part of that though where he, you know, using his body and his momentum, he like flips his arm over. And like a piece of lava goes flying in the air, and I'm like, "What?" Yes, I noticed that too. It was, was weird. Was his hand supposed to be in the lava? Because that's not how that would work. Also, no, if episode three has taught me anything, he would already be on fire. Yes. <laughs> Still if, a if, fun scene. If movies and lava has taught me anything, somehow episode three got it right, and Lord of the Rings got it wrong. Right. Because when you hit lava, it does. It's not like hitting a liquid. Right. It's hitting a rock. That That's happened. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He he did at least in that scene, he looked like he was having a grand old time. Also, the amount of the fact that they anybody gets out of there is pretty great. <laughs> He's running. He was running through the smoke and flames for so long. And stampede. He would have of all the things that were unrealistic is him not dying of long, of uh, smoke inhalation. <laughs> that is the least realistic. <laughs> It's just a post-credit scene of him, like, just with like firefighters, just like, like, like sucking from like the the air vents that they always give when people uh-huh. uh, get come out of the building. Man, this has been going on for like an hour. You still got shit in there? Yeah, man. I had no one, no one took care of me after I got off the flaming island. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of post-credit scenes, Gianna, what did you think of this one? <laughs> what was it? She was nearly as mad at me this time as she was. As you should be. With the Captain America. Oh, was it just like? Dinosaurs in Vegas? Yeah. Yes. There were 15 minutes of credits and I saw dinosaurs in Vegas. Wasn't that just like already like going to happen? Like, yeah, they're just going to disperse. Thank you. Because all of a sudden when that scene ended, I was like, wait a minute. 
I already saw this when Blue was on top of the mountain near the suburban area. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm like. I'm not surprised they're in Vegas. Like they can travel. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you don't want to hear about Dinosaur Bachelor Weekend in Vegas. I, is this if they're? It just started making up, me sad. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're setting the next one up for the greatest death toll, and it's just going to be crap loads of people in Vegas getting chomped up by dinosaurs. <laughs> has anyone so done? Has anyone put odds yet on what the next one is going to be called? Because I'm already putting my money on Jurassic World Extinction. Mm. 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 Or someone that's not able to be concise names it Extinction Level Event. <laughs> like, uh, like they referenced it in this movie. The only other alternative I will accept is Jurassic World Life Finds a Way. Uh, <laughs> uh, please make that the thing. Oh, man. I, I, I can't really hope that's the case. <laughs> We've gotten through a lot of this, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this at all yet. I want to put the opening of the movie, because this is the best opening to a movie since the original one. Yeah, that's true. I I was actually surprised, because when it opened and where it was going, I was like, ooh, something about this feels very much like the first one. Yes. Um, it 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 gets nuts from there and then strays from that. But still, that, that opening was, like the first was one really on good. Crack. Yeah. It was like... Imagine how we would reshoot the first one years later. <laughs> With more technology, and also we've set a, a new tone on this, and it's not just a pure horror suspense movie. Oh, was movie. it like in the rain, and he, they, like, he, yeah. his tablet got like, all like, messed up? Well, yeah, and the, the guys are under the water in the submersible looking for the... Yeah, that was really sad. He was so dweeby, he didn't, and all the other guys were so beefy, like, why couldn't they go out there and do that? Because he was a tech guy. He they couldn't go guys. with him and, like, defend him? Like, yes, he, he probably should have so had someone with a gun. Dewey. <laughs> and everyone else wearing, like, you know, like, really, like, they're, like, I don't know. Also, when you consider, he says, hey, guys, I'm pretty exposed out here. When your friends are screaming in horror at you, Maybe don't ask eight times what they're saying. Maybe go check it out. Right. If you're on an island with dinosaurs running around, it's probably that. That's pretty that is pretty typical in a movie like this. Like that person is always gonna say, What? As he gets eaten. <laughs> but like a he bunch was so of times. Close too. He, so was. Close. he was. Well the, actually that was a good bit of like anticlimax, right? Where they go through the whole thing, and he survives just barely. They somehow manage to They're get away. They're all cheering and everything. Plus Yay! the whole thing of like, oh, we're going to cut the rope, and you're not going to make it. And then they just don't cut the rope in time, and he survives, and everyone gets to breathe the right. sigh of relief. And then, boom. Nope. Whalesaurus <laughs> Rex. If he would have made it up the ladder, though, they were about to cut it. They were. Yeah, they like, were. I wouldn't want to be on that helicopter. Although, I'd be like... I kind of wanted to see that conversation. Like, yeah. dude, you were going to fucking leave me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Not just were you going to leave me. You were going to chop me off the rope and not even try and save me, even though I made it to the ladder <laughs> against all odds. Yep. They, uh, that scene, though, with a little submarine was was also kind of heartbreaking because the way they did that, where it's like, there's the light in the water, and it went out. And it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you got eaten. <laughs> well, it's great. And it all kind of plays into something that I liked a lot about this movie. Because, I mean, it's not perfect. We talked about it a little bit last week with um, the, the first Jurassic World, like where it's a fun and entertaining movie, but not a good movie per se. I think this was a slightly better movie overall. Mm -hmm. Probably still not a great movie. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. 
but also still enjoyable. I wouldn't say it's as fun as the first one yeah. because this one is more leaning into the horror and especially the suspense. And when you put them side by side, it's pretty obvious that Colin Trevorrow is not great with suspense, mm-hmm. but that Jay Bayona is great with suspense. Because mm-hmm. there is a lot of scenes that are slow burn, like, you know, playing with like shadows of things like oh my creeping God. up on yeah, you. The lightning, first the lightning flash. Where the you lightning get the glimpse of the T-Rex. The T-Rex in the front. There's the lightning flashes behind the Indoraptor in the bedroom. Yep. What about um, the the lava in the uh, in the um, that little control center when they the two yeah the looking... lava with that that thing uh, coming down the tunnel and it just keeps like every time that like a new like flash of it like you see it oh it's closer that was ah, it's closer again <laughs> that was yeah that was really cool really was, creepy you know the, the stuff with him running and getting chased by the T Rex climbing up to the ladder with he got the ladder oh no mm-hmm. there's um. The I mean, even like the just the how long think about how long the scene that they're submerged underwater and the hamster ball is. Yep, that was intense. There yeah, was. like this guy did a really good job with that stuff. You know what? Also, the uh, when they're when they're trapped, not trapped, but they're trying to get out of the um, the exhibit in the house at the end, and the lights go back on, and the way they do the the girl sees. The dinosaur, but it's too reflective that you could barely see it. Like that, just when she screams is like at the point where your eyes recognize where it is. Yeah, because you know when the lights come on, it's going to jump. It's just a question of from where. Right. That was good. I like that a lot. Also, when it was opening the door, I was like, nope. (laughs) Don't need that. (laughs) Don't need that in my life. It's the thing of nightmares. It's a big nope. It's a big nope for me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to pass. No, they did a good job. And also, even there's one shot in particular where I don't know if the camera panned around to it or if the Indoraptor turns and looks into the camera, but you get a picture of, like, from you keep seeing it from the side and everything. It's like, oh, that's clearly some version of Raptor or T-Rex-y thing, right? You know, it's got Predator written all over it. But there's a picture that they, you get it, like, only really once or twice where it's straight on of the face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is a creature out of nightmares. Yeah. It almost looks like some sort of demonic skeleton, like skeletal, like face and teeth structure. It's like, that is horrifying. That's what my like fever dream nightmare of a dinosaur looks like in my, in my brain when I'm right. like sleeping with an 105 degree fever. Right. <laughs> and also maybe I did some acid before I fell asleep. Right. And in that scene, you're the little girl stepping over the red line slightly, and the dinosaur brushes your hair and scares the crap out of you. Also, can, was... we talk about its, can we talk about its hands? Yeah. Because it doesn't have claws. It has hands. Uh, so creepy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the first time, I mean, this is the first time that actually I was, like, horrified by the dinosaur itself. Like, like oh, Velociraptor, scary, it's going to hunt you, it's really smart. T-Rex, big, it'll eat you in one bite, all that sort of stuff. But it's like being afraid of a lion or a tiger or anything. This thing was horrifying in its own right because it's like so unnatural. Mm-hmm. Like way more than the one from the last one. Yeah. Like those fucking... It, first of all, like we're used to laughing at T-Rex hands like being tiny little guys. And there's a couple of good shots of that in this movie too yes. with like T-Rex, T-Rex and like the Allosaurus. But this thing had these fucking... Huge, like, 
seven foot tall basketball player hands <laughs> for like for like a dinosaur though, and it has like eight foot long claws on the ends of its fingers, mm-hmm. and you're watching it the way it manipulates it, like when it's reaching for the girl, where it's like, I'm in no rush, you're not going anywhere, and it's like playing along with its hands as it's reaching out for her, like like you said when it's flicking the doorknob on its uh, own. Like, stop, <laughs> too much. Every time you see that thing's hand, you are as scared as the kid in the first one when Grant is showing him how the dinosaur is going to slice him open. <laughs> in the opening, or the second scene, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, a, giant, it's a giant turkey. Yeah, just picture this six-foot-tall turkey. Uh, it, you know, a lion or tiger is going to eat you, bite you. Or, no, this one likes to play with its food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, another another uh, issue I took, I didn't care for the comic relief nerd character. Well, the problem is that they didn't give him much comedy to do. He was just whiny and yeah. annoying most of the time. I'm paranoid. It was just—it was too much. Yeah, and he—the uh, only—the only good thing that came of it was the fact that he disappeared for a good chunk of the movie because he gets taken away. Yeah, that was yeah. And when he resurfaces, that scene was funny because it's like, yes. oh, there's that one guy we forgot about. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's that one guy, right? But uh, other than that, he was he was kind of lame. Also, paleo veterinarian. She was pretty cool. That was like, funny, I like though. the idea of them introducing like newer people, but they didn't need two of them that were very yeah. like they probably could have done stereotypical one the people. They should have brought just... back Nick Miller. <laughs> I mean, I'm always I always yeah. enjoy more Jake Johnson on screen. So the uh, the scene in Jurassic World when he's wearing the Jurassic Park shirt and she's like, oh, "Don't yeah. you think that that's in poor taste?" I could see I could see how that would be the case. It's vintage. I paid like 90 bucks for it. <laughs> so good. Um, and one of the final things I really took issue with, which is just probably an annoy like a stupid thing to take issue with. After um Smotherfest 2018, the his cane falls. Oh yeah. And the the amber rock shatters. That was a little heavy-handed. Right, I was like, I get it, it's symbolic, but no. Because it, it, the problem, well, the biggest problem with it is fossilized like, is not, it's not gonna break like. That. Well, no, it could. It's you I don't know, think it's, so. It's like crystallized, like amber. Like, yeah, no, I, that could happen. No, but that thing was. Not to the itty bitty pieces it went into, though. Like maybe crack in half. I don't even think it would break. I think Chunk? it might chip at oh. best. It's not a diamond, floor. dude. It's it's fossilized amber. I know, but they didn't punt it across a room. They <laughs> hit a hard floor. It. Yeah, wasn't it's it wood it. though? The floor. Yeah. It's like hardwood. Yeah, but I don't. It just. It just didn't. I don't. It. It wouldn't have happened like that. Is my problem. No, my pro- <laughs> my problem with it is is if you show that scene on its own, it is kind of a heavy, weighty, like symbolic move because kind of like the death of the dream, right? You know, yeah. ham and everything. Because it's the exact same cane. Um, in fact, it was probably. It was probably Hammond's cane. Right. Because Hammond's dead and Lockwood's still alive. And even though they had had a falling out, he probably did everything he could to get it after he died. Um, but no, the problem was on its own, it's like that. But after watching Smothers Fest 2018, um, which was supposed to be its own thing going on there, watching that happen, it's so dripping with like this is overdone that i almost started laughing yeah despite the fact that a murder was going on in the background it's in slow motion and it basically goes <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it was almost like 
like Michael Bay came in and shot just that scene. Right, right. And then there was fire underneath for whatever reason. <laughs> oh my god. Uh the out uh, when they when they're outside and they're climbing over that that glass roof dome yeah. structure and she she's holding the gun and you're like oh my god they're gonna do the whole like the, he's gonna it's gonna be like a bullfighter and he's gonna dive out of the way and this thing is gonna I thought it was running off the roof that's that's where I thought this was going yes that's I thought that was I the plan too, too. <laughs> and then when it started crashing through I was like oh cool it's breaking through it'll be fine but it's breaking through the roof and then when it didn't fall i was like oh man what a waste (laughs) (laughs) and then after all of that though see that was almost like the family guy like concept as well where it's like this it kept going on like okay he didn't fall through okay he climbed back okay blue attacked him again okay okay oh yeah he got really impaled yeah he's not getting back up from that again (laughs) (laughs) in paleontologist Ooh, he uh that was so bad he, <laughs> he they they shot that the way they did that though like they swooped the camera around after this glass had cracked and it's they the spike of that um what is that thing called that dinosaur that was down there the one that it gets impaled on i don't remember what it actually fell on but the the spike is in view for just enough time for you to know exactly that that's going to happen in a little bit but it was just like, it was still satisfying when it did happen. And I was like, as they're falling through the sky in this dinosaur embrace, I was like, oh no, not Blue. <laughs> like, please don't kill Blue. My boy Blue. Also, if he had killed Chris Pratt at the end, that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> like, if he... All that. Just, I, yeah. I kind of thought that's where that was leading. Right? Because like, yeah. he was like, oh, last time he was like all cool with you. He was like, hey man, it's going to be okay. I got shot. <laughs> You're gonna try and pull this again? No, I'm gonna eat your face now. <laughs> well, it was. I think it was a little worse that he ran away. I thought they were gonna like have him like hang out together, like move in. You know, I yeah. thought it was gonna be like a pet, but this is a little more heartbreaking than that. <laughs> zero zero well, I think chemistry in the clone right right yeah, he's running in the yard. Yeah, I was hoping that it was gonna end with like a like wide angle shot of him finishing his house with like oh, the my God. Like, the two girls like you know sitting. Yeah, you know, maybe they were like cooking dinner for him and he's when he's done building you know, he's gonna come in and help or you know maybe they're all working on it together kind of blue and stable. It's, like, it's, it's like zooming out and you see like blue running through the fields like coming in for dinner <laughs> that would have been crazy and also like a really great different take on where the next one could have gone where okay we live in this world but this is the only group of real people left that have the upper hand because they have a dinosaur <laughs> that listens to them <laughs> also alternative though in the same vein <laughs> a very cheesy ending as they're driving away in that car because I think it was it were they in a convertible? I don't think so. Or a jeep with van. open like if they were driving off and it's the three of them in the car and then all of a sudden Blue's head just pops up from the back seat like oh, <laughs> like, that would like be sticks great. his head out and like catches the breeze like a dog like yes. <laughs> infinitely more cheesy, but I would have been on board for it. It's like a complete tonal shift for the entire movie, but it. I would have been all right with it, too. Yes. No, it would have been completely off the rails. But at this point, everything about Jurassic Park slash world is off the rails. So they, they're they better off leaning into it. Yeah. For sure. Um, does Dr. Malcolm come back in the next one? I, I believe he I does. have a bigger part. I think he's even said that he enjoyed doing what he doing with it and that it, he wants to come back and do a bit more. Oh, good. I hope so. Because I love him so much. 
I also uh, want to see the Grandmaster in things again as well. <laughs> well, he said he wants to do like a separate movie, a spin-off movie of just him and the Collector since they're brothers. Oh my god, I would watch that. Could you imagine? I mean, Benicio del Toro, to a certain extent, is basically just like Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. The two of them together. Gold. Gold. Playing those uh, except characters. I want it as a sitcom. And <laughs> we get yes. it in 30-minute chunks consistently every week. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, we might as well just, they canceled that Odd Couple show with Matthew Perry, right? Can we just do the Odd Couple via Marvel with the two of them? <laughs> yes. So I feel like that's what it would be. <laughs> Please do that. Would love to see that. Um, <laughs> Shattering Amber. Speaking of who's coming back in movies... Dr. Wu is like a cockroach, like a oh fucked up. Oh my god. Somebody needs to doctor. get rid of that guy. I mean, I know that the dinosaur stepped on the Indominus Rex tooth, and that's supposed to be, I guess, symbolic that, oh, I guess we can't figure this one out, which they could just go in the water and get another one. Um Or get the body, like the corpse of that right. thing sitting on that impaled in paleontologist. Somebody thing. should have stepped on him. And ended that whole. I feel like they would probably have a better plot for the next one if they kept the impaled thing alive, the Indo whatever Indo Raptor thing. Mm. Like I'd be so much more scared. That's true. There's no killing that. That's true, but considering they they successfully made a scarier dinosaur than the last one, maybe they can come up with something even scarier. -er. And then it's just gonna die at the end of the next movie. Or, wait for it, what if it lives? I just thought, I kind of expected this one to die. It was the only issue I had with it. And then he died, and I was like, well, there was no... But what if the dinosaurs win? Oh, my God. I really hope that that's the case. That's the movie I want to see. It's basically Planet of the Dinosaurs. So dark. (laughs) I do want to see that movie. And at the end, it's just Blue making that weird, like... Sound that it does, and like that's it, and then the credits roll. No, so you're back on you're back on evolution now. That was the <laughs> sound <laughs> that John Williams <laughs> was making. <laughs> Stand back, I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> no, I got this one. <laughs> don't don't do that. I'm I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where the next one goes. It could be fun. It could be fun. I I, I enjoy this. The that explosion was a little ridiculous, and I thought Blue was going to eat it, but uh, glad that he made it out alive. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> it was a little over the top, but um, that was kind of cool. I mean, they've turned a CGI dinosaur into a full blown action star. Yep, it was pretty badass I'm, too. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I actually thought they did a decent job with the CGI in this movie and also a good job of blending the practical with the CGI, the way that Star Wars is getting back to the blend of the two. Yeah, it was it, it, it did it better than it wasn't the best, but it did it better than a lot of movies. I would say it even probably did better than the last one. Yeah, I would well. That's that's fair. The last one probably I feel like was on a high, a much higher scale was mostly CG. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I like that they got back yeah. to being more practical effects and stuff yeah for sure i mean like also they made dinosaurs gross which is probably a good thing they what they made dinosaurs gross again Mm. 
Um, like when it's when it hits his face and all the stickiness comes off and he smells. Yeah, when his entire body is covered in like that was T-Rex mucus. Yeah. Uh, even though I saw it in the trailer sixteen thousand times because they they were relentlessly showing that same trailer over and over again, when he dives through the T Rex's open mouth, that's badass. That is pretty great. Also, when he closed the door and he goes, "You got the blood right." I really wish he said no. <laughs> I really wish that he had to go back in there for it. <laughs> Actually, you know, even though they did spoil it kind of in the in the trailer, that whole scene ended up being really cool and yeah. again pretty tense. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of leaping onto a barely sleeping T Rex's neck and then stabbing it in the neck with a giant needle, like repeatedly. So good. Also, who knew that T Rexes were so juicy? Ugh. <laughs> that word can be used so poorly. <laughs> just uh, you can't just be throwing it around. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, sweet. Do you guys have anything else you want to discuss? I thought they did a better job with Claire in this movie. Um, it's very different character. Yeah, it, I I liked the character better. I just thought it was it, it didn't. I don't I don't see the transition from the last one to this one actually happening. I can understand that, but I also think that goes in line with the fact that she was pretty poorly written in the first one. Mm, that's fair. Uh, but they still couldn't figure out how to. They, those characters don't have chemistry. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's, I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a standout part of the movie, but I didn't I wasn't offended by it. The the whole like their the romance between the two of them does not work. Eh, it's okay. It, you know what the thing is. At first, I was like, "Well, they were at the end of the movie, the last one, and then they're not together again." I think they actually kind of work as this on and off thing that where it's only when things get their worst that that they're at their best. That sounds like a very toxic relationship. It does, but that's not real life. It's a movie. I'm not for it. <laughs> I mean, as long as he doesn't, like, haul off and start beating her. Like, I mean, like, if they keep ending up like, oh, yep, this doesn't work. We're not working together. Oh, we're brought back together because everything is fucking falling apart. But we worked great together. And now we have a clone child. So we and now we together. have a clone child. <laughs> you know what I really liked? Was that the clone child had no interest in Claire. <laughs> but but yeah. definitely liked Chris Pratt. <laughs> Owen. I was a little fucked up, though, because they did that same joke in the first one where... The, the two boys came running to him. Yeah. yeah. Everyone hates her. Which I don't think was fair. Like, cause I, like, I thought she was, I mean, I guess I understood it more in the first one. I did too. Because yeah. she was kind of a shitty character. Well, um, and I think that's why it was tough to understand the transition. But once they got through that choppy start of this movie, I thought they got a way better groove for that character going through the rest of the movie. To, well, the re- the reason she doesn't like uh, Claire to continue to mix our our movies that we're talking about on this episode, she's a humorless ice queen. <laughs> <laughs> Evolution. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Cool. Any other notes? Uh, nothing too serious. I I like the score by Michael Giacchino. I didn't realize that that was him at first. Yes. Yeah. I feel like yeah. He's I don't a- know. I don't remember what that was for. Good subbing for for uh, John Williams. Is that just the, how it's going to be? Yeah, well, because he was he. Did, I didn't realize but he did it for the first one as well. Mm-hmm. 
and he had done it for Rogue One, and he did it really well with that as well. So I do enjoy the take on the theme that they do in these past two movies, like with like the really slow open keystrokes to it. Like well, the, he went in completely his own direction in this one, and it got really dark and heavy. A lot of the music, and I liked it. I, I guess yeah. it fit. It fit pretty well with the theme of the movie. It it did, but it also he's able to tie in the original track with it, which is like really well done. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I know I looked it up the other day. Um, he did. He had done something else as well, or a few other things that I recognized that I didn't realize he did. And it's going to take me a minute to find it. And I should have probably had this up earlier. You'll find it. There he is. Oh, he's done the Planet of the Apes. He's done Star Trek. He's done some Pixar all, all stuff. All of the three new ones? or the st- uh, Well, he did the, the first one, the 2009 Abrams one, which I guess makes sense how he got pulled into Star Wars. Right. That makes sense. He's Music done, in that movie is great. He's done a bunch of Pixar's lately. He did The Incredibles mm. 2. He did Coco. That's cool. Spider-Man Homecoming. Coco was good. Doctor Strange. Star Trek Beyond. Can I be on the flicks in the six where I do The Incredibles? Because it sure. better happen. I guess if we do The Incredibles. You're doing The Incredibles. We, sh- we should do it. We should do it. Sure. I have to rewatch the first one. But yes. Yes, Gianna, you can be on that one as well. Great. <laughs> you can be on any of the ones that you want to be on. You oh, are he's worked. You are first yeah, so he's guest. Worked. <laughs> <laughs> he's worked with J.J. Abrams a bunch, actually. He's done a whole bunch of things with him. Awesome. Cool. Gian, did you have any notes that you wanted to go over? Uh, I didn't make notes because I was informed about maybe a half hour before I got <laughs> That's onto this. But yeah, I don't know what heel turn means. Don't worry about it. Okay. I don't remember what I wrote it down for either. It's not your note. Don't worry about my notes. I just I was using. <laughs> you your keep notes. your eyes on your notes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Al, anything else? You good? I'm good. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Thank you for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Casanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at AlessandroB1187. Check out the Flicks Flipboard magazine to follow the stories we cover. And Flicks in a Six on Instagram for teases of what's to come. Gianna, where can people find you? I don't know my handle. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm the only Gianna Bielsi you can find Okay, that there you go. Gianna, B- Gianna Bielsi. Great. Um, we didn't actually pick a movie for next week, so uh, stay tuned with, to the Instagram to figure out what we're going to be doing in the, in the weeks to come. Until then, cheers.